name of the Lord is a strong tower. And can you just do me a favor? Can you just confess the name Jesus in the building for just a second, everybody? Say it till you feel it in your spirit. 
Good Hope. Good morning. Oh, man, y'all alive today. Oh, man, I'm so excited. We're so excited to be here in the presence of the living God, and we're here to worship God here today. And the one way that we're going to worship God here today, I'd like to welcome all my streaming audience. Welcome to Good Hope. Y'all say hey. Hey. Hey, everybody that's streaming online, we want to welcome them into this place of worship here today. One way we're going to worship God here today is through his scripture. So we want to read our congregational scripture here today. So let's stand up. It's going to be coming from Psalms 147, the New International Version. We're going to read it together. It says, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Amen, amen, amen. Let's worship God through prayer. Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for today, God. Today is a day that you have made, God. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Father God, I pray, God, that this service, God, this, this worship service, God, will be pleasing your sight, God. And at the end of the day, you will get all the glory. Lord, we thank you and we bless your name. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and glory to God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, clap your hands with us and let's give God praise today. Hallelujah. He is worthy of our praise. So come on, put your hands together, everybody. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. The song says, Lord, you're worthy, and we give you the praise. Always making a way. And Father, we give you the praise. Come on, let's worship together, everybody. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. And we give you
God's faithfulness in today. Today we have Christian baptism. Amen. It's a very special Sunday. We actually have three youth that are getting baptized here today from our true youth ministry and our new pastor, uh, Justin Council. So we have all our youth coming up here today to come worship up with us with the baptism. So y'all give it up for our youth that's coming up here today. Amen, amen. Y'all gotta look excited, come on. <laughs> but first up, we have three youth that are being baptized. So y'all are gonna look this way. First up, we have Ariana Jackson. Oh. Now here at Good Old Missionary Baptist Church, we baptize because it's the public declaration of the faith that they have in, uh, on the inside. And so baptism doesn't save you, but it's something that we make public so everybody can know. So, Sister Jackson, out of being the great head of the church, Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit! Amen, amen. Next up, we have Lemmy Mays. Amen, amen. And Lemmy, out of obedience to the great head of the church, Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And last but not least, I actually picked him up this morning. He was ready to be baptized. <laughs> His name is Todd Tucker. Todd, y'all obedience to the great head of the church, Jesus Christ. We baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have one more, and this is not last, last but most certainly not least, Mr. Carl Washington. This brother's been serving in every ministry. I'm, I'm here on Saturday. He's here on Saturday. And so we're thankful for him. So call now to be the great head of church, Jesus Christ. We baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Y'all give God some praise. Let's go to God in prayer as we thank him for this time. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this public declaration, God, for your son, Jesus Christ, God. We pray, God, today that you will be glorified through this, God. We pray, God, as a church home, we will be able to uplift these youth and our brother, Lord, to help them be all that you would have them to be. And I pray, God, at the end of the day, Lord, you will get the glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, clap your hands, everybody.
Son to the going down of the same. The name of the Lord is worthy to be praised. Come on, let's just lift our hands and worship him this morning. We thank you, God, for who you are. We give you glory, honor, and praise because you're worthy to be praised. You woke us up this morning and you're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We bless your name. Say hallelujah, 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 Say, hi. 
somebody ought to praise him. He inhabits the praises of his people. How we love you, Lord. We give you glory. Thank you, God. We bless your name, Jesus, for all that you're doing. With my hands lifted up, I praise you. and bless that wonderful name of Jesus hallelujah oh God we thank you God for this day this is the day that the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it good hope it's fellowship time you know how we do come on out of the aisle greet someone introduce yourself to someone meet someone new learn a name Welcome them to worship. Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning to everybody. Good morning. The Lord's been good to you because I can tell. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got a smile on their face. That means you know that the Lord's been good to yeah. you. Amen. All right. Well, this morning uh, we have the Voices of Hope singing. Our pastor is out today, but we do have a word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. We've had a uh, busy week this week. Uh, we've had uh, several uh, funerals this past week, and then we've also had our children finishing up the Upward Soccer League. And when they finished up, the Lord blessed. We had three new souls to come Amen. to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So in the midst of telling people bye, the Lord's still blessing 
and bringing people into the kingdom. All right? So we thank God for what he's doing through this church family, and we praise him because he is worthy to be praised. Amen? All right. We will now hear from the voices of hope. Amen. All right. Yes, you did. 
that I strayed away I knew the word but still I wouldn't obey for God's mercy and his grace kept me and he brought me brought me brought me all the way it was God's grace God's grace it was God's grace it's amazing grace. Oh, I made it this far. Yes, we did. Oh, Lord, by the grace of God. Anybody here know I made it? Oh, God has kept me. He never left me. I've had problems all of my life And with a hung down head I'll go to Christ Just knowing there's nothing God can't do I've had heartaches Tears and frowns Sometimes burdened Sometimes down, down But I found out There's nothing God can't do 
special word from our pastor. 
you know it's me, right? Anyway, wanted to say good morning to everybody and uh, thank you for being at church on Sunday. Now, you can probably tell I'm not in the house. And the reason I'm not in the house is because I'm at the New Hope Baptist Church in New Orleans, Louisiana with Pastor Jamal Weathersby. And um, just really excited to be here and sharing with this church, this brother and my friend to encourage the people here in New Orleans. You all know I love this city and um, just really honored to be here. Today, we are blessed to have preaching for us uh, two brothers, not two at one service, all right? No, at the 8 and the 10 o'clock that I know will bless you in a special way. At the 8 o'clock service, um, I want to say thank you to Pastor Darrell Rose. He and his wife, Cynthia, have been such a blessing to our church over the years. And as you know, Pastor Rose is over our maturity department. He handles biblical counseling, um, the Church Training Institute, and all of those matters related to counseling and curriculum and helping you mature in your walk with God. And Pastor Rose is going to be sharing with us at the 8 a.m. service. At the 10 a.m. service, man, I'm excited to have my brother, Dr. Elliot Mallory Green. He's going to be sharing with us at the 10 o'clock service and is going to do a tremendous job. I know God is going to bless in a powerful way. So listen, buckle your seatbelts, get ready for a word from the Lord, okay? God bless. Bye-bye. Good morning, Good Hope. Uh, let us punctuate our time with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to convene in your name. Uh, bless our hearing, bless our ears, bless our hearts, bless our hands and feet that we might convert what we hear to life, that others may see it and glorify you too. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. We are transformed by praise. We are transformed by praise. However, praise has to be informed because you can't praise nothing, okay? And it has to be frequent. If we want transformation, that transformation has to be informed, and it has to be also frequent. Uh, our text today will come from Psalm uh, 98, if you're with me in your notes. Uh, as I said already, we are praised, we, we are transformed by praise. By transformed, we, we imply the idea of changed. We, we are conformed, we're brought, brought closer to God, especially how we use praise in the context of life. It, years ago, I was um, uh, very young in the ministry. I think it was my second or third year, and, and a man got up to preach that everyone really respected. And the church had been just in a roar of praise and worship and prayer. But when he got up, he said, oh, I love singing, and I, I love praying. He says, but, but praying isn't worship. 
And then he said, I, I love singing, but singing isn't worship. And, and I, I've been reading through for my personal devotions the book of Psalms. I read three a day. And, and as I read David and the other psalmist here, I reflect back now almost 37 years ago to that time. <laughs> and, and my only thought is somebody done told you wrong. Okay? Uh, the, 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 we have a whole book of the Bible uh, in our notes here that is dedicated to praise, that is the Psalms. And in fact, the, the Psalms are even called Tehillim, okay? Uh, Tehillim, okay? T-E-H-I-T-E-H-I-L-L-I-M, which means prayers, okay? Tehillim. So the, we, we have a whole tome in the Bible, 150 of these, dedicated to the idea of praise and prayer. Now, as the Bible stories go on, the, the Psalms take on uh, a different nuance. Uh, Luke 24, 44 teaches us that the Psalms are ultimately about Christ. Jesus himself says this. After he's resurrected, he has to tell the apostles uh, what type of, um, excuse me, my, my knuckle is going to catch that on my face and it's not going to be pretty. Um, he has to tell his apostles how they are now to interpret everything in light of his resurrection. Okay? In other words, the, the resurrection of Jesus becomes the center of the Bible story. It becomes clear that it's the center of the Bible story when it happens. Because he says the law, the prophets, and the Psalms have all been pointing to this reality. So, so in other words, everything that you thought you knew about God... You now have to rearrange that around me because the Father sent me to reveal him and to help you. So we're, we're, we're just on, on, on the, uh, uh, in the aftermath of celebrating this holiday that, uh, known as Easter to many that I like to call the Festival of the Resurrection. The Festival of the Resurrection or Resurrection Sunday. Uh, Easter is the name of a pagan holiday that, that the church kind of took over. But I like the festival of the resurrection. And in that festival, it is necessary that during Holy Week, we celebrate God as a mighty warrior who fights for his people through Christ. We celebrate God as a mighty warrior who fights for his people through Christ. You see, I was saying that Psalms tell the story. The Psalms are arranged actually in five books. If you look in most of your Bibles, it will tell you which, which book you're in, okay? Uh, Psalms, uh, the, the first three books, one through three, okay, which starts at Psalm 1 and ends at Psalm 89, starts with this picture of kingship, especially Psalm 2, all right? Psalm 2 and then Psalm 1 is added as kind of a preface for the whole work, for the entire work of Psalms. So it, it records what God's initial intention is for his king. For the king that he would have rule over the works of his hands and function on his behalf. His, his, his vicegerent, if you will. So if we follow the Psalms, eventually somewhere in that book, 1 through 89, it begins to turn kind of bad. Especially around Psalm 51. Remember we have David's problem uh, with Bathsheba. And then Psalm 50, right before that, Yahweh complains that I'm tired of phony repentance. Okay, I'm just tired of it. 
So the, the next psalm you see is a man caught in horrible sins, but with genuine repentance. And God says, I can do something with that. Okay. So we have that recorded as a song. Okay. We have that recorded as a song. As the story moves forward, when you get to Psalm 88, the most dismal, dark piece of literature, I think, in the whole uh, uh, Bible, especially in the Psalms, it ends with the psalmist says, Lord, I've been d- depending on you and hoping that you would work out this issue, but, but as of now, my only friend is darkness. And then Psalm 8, Psalm 89, looks like it's going to be in praise, but then it stops and it goes, but... All the things you promised, we don't see. Where where is our king? Where is our identity as a people? Uh, Where where, where is your plan? And then it kind of ends in, well, but, you know, we're we're trusting you, Lord, but this is awfully confusing. Psalm 90 starts book four and five of Psalms where he begins to unfold what he's going to do. All right? So, So the tone at Psalm 90 begins to turn. And by the time we get to uh, Psalm 95, we, we see a, a, a distinctive theme, Yahweh or Adonai Malach, the Lord is king or the Lord reigns, right? Be- becomes that thesis. And I, I would challenge you to, from today, uh, um, we're going to work through Psalm 98, but start with Psalm 95 and go daily to 96, 97, 98, 99, and 100, okay, because it's going to teach us something, okay, it's going to teach us something, how to celebrate the victory of God as our own, okay, because why, we are transformed by praise, if it's informed praise, if we know what we're praising God for, not just empty praise, okay, that's just emotionalism, to be excited about being excited is not praise, Okay, that's called adrenaline, <laughs> right? But being excited about what, the God, what God has done, that's praise. The psalmist is going to assert this. Uh, also, it must be, what we said, frequent. It must be frequent. Why? Because the world and living in it gives us amnesia. We forget quickly. So... Um, uh, e here. If we expect to be spiritually healthy and to grow in our walk, the resurrection of Jesus Christ must be at the core of our praises. And, and we'll, we'll see the psalmist work this through because he wants to understand that in our praises, we look back, we look to the now, and we look forward, but it's all centered on God's activity. Okay? It, we look back, we look to the now, and we look forward. Because we have this issue of being finite. And, and the, the Psalms make no, uh, they make no apologies about posturing human beings as being weak. Okay? It's, it's just downright honest. All right? But because when you think you're all-powerful, you don't go to God in prayer asking him to help you. All right? So Psalm says none of that stuff. Okay, so I won't help you with your lie. If you want to tell it, you do it all by yourself. Okay, but I'm not going to help you sing your praises. Why? Because God says that's a lie. You should be spending that time singing my praises. Okay, and if I sing your praises, that would make me a liar like you. So if we expect to be spiritually healthy and grow in our walk, 
We said, what? The resurrection of Jesus. You say, why don't you mention the cross? You have to go through the cross to get to the resurrection. Okay? And the resurrection is the point of everything. Okay? It's not Friday. It's, it's Sunday morning that changes everything. Friday pays a debt. Friday is a death certificate. Sunday morning is a birth certificate. If we look into the, 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 the background of the psalm, and we said, uh, when, uh, psalms, uh, uh, songs are often portable. They can be picked up and applied to different situations. Okay? Uh, years ago, there was a song by a rock group called Queen. We are the champions. Okay? Super Bowl comes on. Someone wins the Super Bowl. They play, we are the champions. Okay? Uh, Little League baseball team wins. What do they play? We are the champions. Okay? Uh, baseball game, we are the champions. You, you'd name it everywhere you go. We are the champions. Everywhere you go, you would hear that song. Why? Because the reality was portable. Psalm 98 has a portable reality to it of God's victory. And what we're able to do because Luke 24, 44 says we should. Jesus says, this is ultimately singing about me. It was portable until you get to me. That's where it becomes concrete. Okay? It was a portable. He uh, said, really? He said, only one thing. I am the champion. Okay? But let me add a prepositional phrase for that. To that. I am a champion for you. Because I'm a warrior and I fight for my people. I fight for my people. So the uh, central theme behind Psalm 98 uh, is that God fights for his people. And we have to remember that. Okay, We have to remember that because often we lose track of God being a diligent warrior for our behalf. Okay, Not, not just a big daddy with a big stick, but the, the Bible will call him a warrior. And Ishmael Chama, we'll talk about that in just a second. So victory songs were sung after God would win decisive victories. Okay? Now, the psalm is going to open uh, with uh, the words, sing to, to Yahweh or sing to Adonai a new song. How many of you heard that before? Sing to the Lord a new song. Do you realize in the seven times that that phrase, new song, okay, Kaddish Seir shows up in the um, in the Old Testament. It's always somewhere in the context of war. In the Book of Revelation, it occurs two times. I think in five nine, uh, sing a new, they sing a new song, and also in fourteen three, it's also in the context of what war. Okay, because God is saying, "I've had enough of this. This is over." I'm taking up the fight myself. So whenever you see and they sing a new song or sing a new song, it's saying God just won a battle. Okay? Or he's in the midst of winning a battle, one or the other. So, so when we think of Christ's resurrection, we should think of it, that's my new song. Okay? That's my new song. Jesus raised from the dead, me with him, us with him, and all the world should celebrate because our king has shown his salvation. We are witnesses of it, okay? And, and it is our life inheritance. 
So an example of this is uh, in the Old Testament, Yahweh delivered Israel, uh, at, at should say, uh, at, the, at the Exodus. Uh, Moses and the people sang a victory song declaring, uh, Yahweh is a man of war or warrior. Yahweh is his name. Uh, Adonai Ishmilchama, Adonai Shemo. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. The Lord is his name. And then he begins to celebrate the wondrous things that he did. Say, so how did God win the battle? Did he pick up, you know, bucklers and shields and spears? He says, no, he used nature, okay? Uh, he, he allowed us, in, in Genesis, whenever God splits something, he's creating. So when he separates the waters from the waters, he's creating dry land. So in Exodus, he separates the waters. He reveals the dry land. So, but what does he create? He creates a nation. And Israel walked through. And then when the Egyptians tried to go through, like in uh, Genesis 6 through 9, remember when God brought the waters back in the flood? When the Egyptians tried to go through in Exodus, God brings the waters over there and said, what did he do? He uncreated them. He creates and he uncreates. So he didn't fight with the, the tools of men. He fought with the nature that he created. But he did it for us. The Lord is a man of war. Adonai, Ishmael, Chama, the Lord is his name, Yahweh, Shemol. That's his name. So uh, the uh, Psalm, Psalm 98 then uh, is a victory song. But here, by way of Luke's teaching, it is a victory song for us. The resurrection of Jesus. We can say of him, Christ Jesus is a man of war. Jesus, or salvation, is his name. That's our song. That's how we're to be informed in our praise. We don't have empty praises. We don't sing for the sake of singing. We sing for the sake of celebrating the victory of the Lord. So the man that said that singing isn't worship, he didn't see this. He couldn't have seen this because there are 150 of them, let alone the other ones that are found in other pieces, uh, uh, other uh, books of the Bible that are not solely dedicated. There's always singing. I mean, Paul even stops at times and starts singing. In Colossians, he's trying to explain them to them about the centrality of Christ, and he stops in Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 20, and he says, sorry, wrote a song about it, like to hear it, here it goes. And he begins to detail how Christ is the agent behind all creation, that all things are created for him and, and by him. So it's a, it's a, everything is going in his direction in order that he might have first place in everything. So Paul has a habit of singing to celebrate the victory of God, the resurrection of Jesus, which is an enthronement as king. What is Jesus king over? The resurrection says, even over death. It has to do what he tells it. We, we, we just had a, a funeral here, Deacon Thomas. So Deacon Thomas is, is a part of this, this whole resurrection scene. So we had, we had the funeral, there are tears and whatever, and where he is, he's standing next to Jesus going, heck man, I, I'm waiting to be resurrected in body like you. I'm absent from the body. He said, well, he's gone. He said, no, he's not gone in the gone sense of gone. He's just not here. 
Okay. In other words, get our praises straight. Because we can say absent from the body, present, present with the Lord. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus. Whatever happens to him has to happen to those who are in him. So, what does Psalm 98 teach us about praising Jesus? Okay? Now, wonderful thing, that when we sing these praises, we're actually singing the gospel to ourselves. Okay? And and we have to do that because we let Easter, as we call it, the festival of the resurrection, be a a once-a-year thing. Jesus says, no, this is for every day. Uh, In this group of psalms celebrating the kingship of Yahweh and ultimately celebrating the kingship of Jesus even over death, Psalm 96.2 uses a very special word, basar, B-A-S-A-R in Hebrew. So what's so big about that word? That's the word that stands behind the Greek translation, euangelion or euangelizo, that means proclaim the good news, preach the gospel. It says... Tell of his salvation there day and night. Tell of his salvation day and night. In other words, frequently. Frequently. And any time we share the gospel both in living and in speaking with someone else, guess who first hears it? We do. Okay? Sometimes we don't evangelize ourselves enough. Okay? Because we forget who we are because of the Lord's victory. You, you, you'll notice in the psalm, it says, praise the Lord. It doesn't mention anyone even helping the Lord in the battle. He's doing it all by himself. He doesn't share credit. He doesn't share glory. He doesn't share the press conference. He doesn't share any of that. It's like after the NBA basketball, Kevin Durant just scored 50 points the other night. God would be at the press conference and said, how did you manage to score 452 points and you're the only guy on the court? His response is, I'm God. Whatever I throw up goes in. <laughs> so we must praise, let me give you all our points here, uh, A, B, and C. We must praise the Savior. We're going to go back over these. We must praise Jesus as Savior, okay, which is what the psalm is going to reveal to us. For his deliverance from the past. Okay? We must praise Jesus for Savior. We're just doing a a general outline here. Make sure that you get these. Uh, B, we must praise Jesus as king for his reign over the present. Okay? We said praise him as Savior. We praise him as king. And also, we must praise Jesus as judge for his restoration in the future. Do you hear what that happened? The, so the, the praise um, is, has, is, is, is Christocentric. Praise is Christocentric. In other words, whatever you had in your past, you can praise Christ to deal with the past. Whatever you have in the present, you can praise Christ because through him you can deal with your present. And whatever unknowns that you have and uncontrollables that you have in your future, you can praise Jesus because he's the manager of the completion of time. See, if your praise is informed and infrequent, it's powerful ammunition. If it's informed and frequent, informed and frequent. So uh, what I'm asking you to do here is take up a posture of praise. Okay? 
take up a posture of, posture of praise. The, the songs that we hear, the, the praise that we're doing uh, here tomorrow, tomorrow morning, okay, the praises that we're doing here today, tomorrow morning when you wake up, turn the light in your bathroom, praise time. Okay? Lunchtime, praise time. Bedtime, praise time. Informed because of the resurrection, the new life that we have. Okay? And frequent as much as I can think of it. To fill the airs, the air with the, the news of the saving and transforming power of Jesus Christ. The plan of the Father wrought by the Son, sealed by the Spirit. We must praise Jesus, okay, for his deliverance. When we look at the psalm, the psalmist starts off in a very interesting way. A lot of other psalms will say, this is a psalm that's dedicated to so-and-so or psalm of David. This, this one just starts off with the Hebrew word, uh, Hebrew word mitzvah. What is, what is that? It's saying a song. And you can watch what happens. You say, why it's so terse? Why not give us a background and circumstances? He said, you picked a circumstance, I got the song. Okay, a song. There's a song for when, a song for whenever you need it. Right? But here, a song for the resurrection. Because if it's the resurrection, we're a part of that every day. See, if, if, if we let the festival of the resurrection die as of a week ago, we're missing the point of our faith. If, if Christ is raised, then we are raised with him and seated in the heavenly places. Every problem that you have in your life is beneath the throne of Jesus and you spiritually are sitting next to him. He starts off with simply mitzmor, a song. And then he says, what do you do now? He says, sing. And he's going to constantly use sing words and sing praises and sing uh, joyful songs. He's going to constantly use all of these words. And the other thing we're going to see is he has an expanding concentric uh, circle of praises. First he says to Israel, praise the Lord. Then he says to all the world, all the nations, praise the Lord. And then he says, seas, okay, rivers, trees, everybody get in on this. Even the waters Praise the Lord with your roaring. So why are they praising? Because Romans 8 is going to tell us it affects them too. So he says, sing to Yahweh a new song because he has done what wondrous things. Remember we said new song means in a military context, right? Okay, that, that's, that God has fought a battle. You know Isaiah 9, uh, 6, and his name shall be called what? Wonderful Counselor, all right? Now, in the Hebrew, that doesn't read Wonderful Counselor, okay? Uh, the, the word uh, pale there, which we translate wonderful, is not an adjective, it's a noun. It should be translated, and his name shall be called a wonder of a counselor, Okay? Now, the word for counselor, your eights, elsewhere in Isaiah, has tones of being a military leader. So, the idea is, and he will be a wonder of a military strategist in the war on sin. See what I'm saying? So, he's going to have such, so, in other words, ultimately, he's going to fight sin and death by dying. Who would have thought that? 
to go after death by dying. And when we take, uh, a friend of mine uh, just recently had a service on Good Friday, where uh, after they uh, read several scriptures that led him up to the story of the cross, uh, all of the people in the congregation were given red pieces of paper and a pencil. And they wrote down any unconfessed sins and bondages that they had in life, and they all came up and nailed them to the cross. You know why? Because Colossians, okay, Colossians tells us, uh, I think it's 2, 13, and 14, that that's what's been done. So it invites us that whenever we have bondages and problems and whatever, to take them up and nail them. Okay? So uh, this, this, this idea here of wondrous things uh, is Jesus, is uh, the, the cross, we say, oh, Jesus is dying on the cross. We, we, we don't understand. It is a violent, vicious assault against sin. He's saying, I hate sin and death so much for what it does for, to, to my people and to my images that I'll die to kill it. So it, it, it's like kamikaze Jesus. He goes in. See, when we take our sins to the cross and we, we nail them up there, God says, you, you got it coming. Okay, because we take guilt to the cross. But what if you take innocence to an execution? Then if death is a jailer, death can't hold him. Why? No charges. You see what I mean? An excellent military strategist. In the war on sin, God says, we say, how are you going to get rid of this problem? God says, I'm going to send my one-of-a-kind unique son, and he's going to die. I said, well, won't that render him powerless? He says, uh-uh. Because he's taking innocence and trust and obedience to an execution. So, so he says, being jailed by sin and death is not his problem. It's your problem. But it's not his problem. But what he's going to do, instead of taking your problem to the cross, he's going to take your sins, your burdens, your problems to the cross with his innocence. And then three days later, he's going to talk to you. So in, in other words, he's going to die and be buried. Yes, and he's taking your sins to the grave. Don't try to dig them up. <laughs> Much of what we do is exhuming dead sins to make them live again. Dead thought patterns, dead bondages, dead everything. We try to exhume them after they've been nailed to the cross and buried. Rather than to embrace the wondrous work of Jesus Christ, who wanted sin dead so bad that he died to kill it. In Acts 2, it says that the grave was unable to hold him. Why? No charges. When he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, the psalmist is asking back there in Psalm 31, spare me from death. Jesus is saying with the same psalm, see, it's about him. I know you're going to take my life, but I'm trusting you to give it back to me. So I'll go where you want me to go, even if it's death. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. I'm sold out for you, Father. The world must know that I love you. 
Because it's going to look ugly on Friday, but Sunday morning, in the words of that great theologian, Ricky Ricardo, there's going to be a lot of splaining to do. Because he will be raised from the dead. I tell you, this praise thing could help you. It could transform you if you say it informed and frequently to address the issues in your life, both your problems and your praises. Okay? All right. So we must, he, he says, sing to Yahweh a new song because he's done wondrous things. His right hand and his holy arm wrought salvation for him. Okay? When, when, when it talks about how the heavens are created, it says that God does that with his fingers. But when he saves us, he pulls out his right hand and his holy arm. The, the arm of the Lord is, is, a, is a big punch. And, and whenever he throws it, whatever he hits is going down. All right? It's, it's the arm of the Lord by which uh, we are saved. Not, not just his finger works. He uses that on the heavens, but on his people, he brings out his right arm. So in other words, God is not going to write Satan a nasty letter. I'm very upset with you. <laughs> he brings the punch. He brings the power of the cross and then the power of the resurrection. He said, you can't even accuse them anymore. Why? Because they're in my son now. He said, but, but I, I've, I've got records on each one of those. He says, I do too. They're buried in a grave. He says, but, 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 but some of them have exhumed some of those sins. He goes, yeah, but the cross and the resurrection work, they, they can bring them right back and rebury them. Why? Say, so how is this possible? He says, because they're on my son's credit card, not on their own. I'm not dealing with... Their bankruptcy, I'm dealing with my son's opulence. So we must praise Jesus as Savior here, because this is what it's talking about, okay? It says, his right hand and his holy arm have wrought, they've, they've brought about salvation for him. And then he, he says, Yahweh, verse 2, has made known his salvation. You see that theme, okay? He has revealed his righteousness in the eyes of the nations. And when it talks about righteousness here, it means God's saving help. So God's righteous to deal with us in a covenant context. He says, I remember you. I remember why I created you. I haven't forgotten you. My, I am righteous in that I will do what is right for the community as I, as I have promised. You see that? So by righteousness, it means God's saving help. There's a tone of this in Romans when it talks about, for the, for the righteousness of God is revealed through Jesus Christ. Okay? It means God's saving activity. Now, righteousness means a whole lot of other things there in Romans. It, it, it's like a, a pantry that's packed full of groceries. But one of the things is there, God's saving help. That he's coming to help you. Why? That's what righteous gods do. That's what righteous fathers do. They don't turn their backs on their children. They come after them, even after they are felons and criminals and have so many misdemeanors that they're declaring the misdemeanors as felons, felonies. And all of the felonies are going before his throne. And God, God still goes, I'm coming for you. 
I almost preached from Matthew chapter 11, verses uh, uh, 28 to 30, which says, Come unto me, all you who are uh, burdened and, and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know who he's talking to there? He's talking to Pharisees who are fighting against him in the midst of God's people fighting against him and telling him who he's not and telling him what he can't do. He offers salvation to them right in the midst of an argument. What kind of God is that? He's righteous. He offers his saving help even when we don't want it. So that's why there needed not to be an election on the cross as to whether Jesus was going to go up all night uh, or not. He says, I've already voted. I'm in. Say, so, well, what if the people don't support you? Well, what's new? <laughs> Yahweh has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the eyes of the nations. So the nations see it. But also, this is not just for the nations to witness. They're going to be recipients of this righteous act of God as well. So it's not just saving us. It's saving the world. Verse 3, he has remembered his covenant love. Chesed is the word. His covenant loyalty love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. You see how the word salvation keeps coming up there? In other words, this is what the Lord has done. In Christ he has shown. In other words, before we deal with anything from our past, we have to put the death and resurrection of Jesus in the way of it. Okay? Whatever, whatever we, ha- we, we are dealing with, successes or failures, we have, to, we have to measure that through the cross and resurrection. Just a few more notes here. Okay? Um, uh, when we go to 4 through 6, we must praise him as king, okay, for his reign in the present. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises, verse 5, to Yahweh uh, with the harp, and with the harp, the sound of melody or the sound of music. With the trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the king, Yahweh. You hear how much he says sing in there? Make a joyful noise? And I don't think you can make a joyful noise by being quiet. Okay. My grandmother used to say, when it comes to worship, baby, anything that's dead needs to be buried. So you, you don't bring dead worship to a living God. That doesn't make sense. Okay. It, it, it's, so it, it, it's, it's lively, not because we like the music, and we can like the music, but not because there's so many of us, but it's informed praise. We're celebrating something, not celebrating, celebrating. Okay? This isn't Mardi Gras. Okay? It's the resurrection of Jesus. It is our resurrection because we participate in it. We must worship him as judge for the restoration of the future. Now, this, this is the good one here. It says, let the sea roar. Now he's got all creation in and all its fullness, the world and the ones who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before, um, before Yahweh because he comes to judge the earth and he will judge with righteousness 
and the people with equity. He will judge the world with righteousness and the people with equity. See, part of the issue with coming as judge is this. He's not just coming to pass sentences, but judgment means he's coming to make things right. See, there are things in this life that we can't fix with legislation. So we, we, we think that we can fix prejudice with legislation. No, that affects behavior, not the heart. Okay, it's the gospel that affects the heart. Okay, if we have the gospel, we don't need the legislation. You follow? Okay, so, so, so and when we sit waiting for the government to correct these things, that's not within its power. Why? Because governments don't do resurrections. Okay? In fact, some governments just need to be dead and buried anyway. So, so we are looking forward to restoring things. And, and that means that praise now helps us be content with the victory of the Lord when things are still not quite right. Okay? When things are, there are certain things in this life that are never going to get fixed. But that doesn't mean a fixer isn't available. So, when, when all this is said and done, what does praising the Messiah do for us? Number one, uh, A, praising the Messiah helps us to confront distressing thoughts from the past. Say, why? Look at Hebrews. It says, we have a conscience that's been sprinkled clean. Sprinkled clean from guilt and sin. All right? Who does this? The Lord. I don't sprinkle myself clean because half the time I'm trying to, to give myself a pass, I'm, confi- I, I'm convicting myself out of the other side of my mouth. The Bible says, even if our hearts condemn us, he's greater than our hearts. Praising the Messiah also helps our present calling and challenge to be fan- transformed in Christ. We are celebrating change, people. We are celebrating change. Jesus didn't die to save our sins for us. He died to save us from our sins. He he died to give us a a powerful spirit of love toward one another. He he died to give us a a loving perspective toward the world. Not loving the world for what it is, but loving the world for what the gospel of Jesus Christ can offer to it. Not just through your words, but also through your living. Praising the Messiah helps us also to rest in him for all future, all things future that we do not know and cannot control. That's a part of everyday life, unknowns. But the issue is, I know the one who writes history. I know the one who changes history. I know the one who has sent it all around. So Paul says, even in my weakness, I'm going to go back one second here. On point B, in in Romans, we're called to be transformed, okay? Present your bodies as what? Sacrifices alive, holy, and pleasing, okay? That's the new agenda. That's resurrection-powered transformation, okay? And then uh, uh, point C, praising the Messiah helps us to rest in him for all things future that we do not know. What can we say to these things Paul says? If God is for us, who can be against us? In verse 37 of, uh, of uh, chapter 8 of Romans, in all these things we are winning an overwhelming victory because we've won. 
So what do we do now? We sing. We sing for the victories of the past. We sing for the transformation of the present. We sing for the hope of the future. Why? Because we're informed by the wondrous works of God. We, we, our, our praises are fueled by his affection toward us. Our praises are, are, are blessed that he loves hearing him. He loves for us to rehearse the kind things that he does for us. He loves to hear, Lord, I don't know where this is going, but I'm with you. I'm waiting on you. We sing, good hope. We sing, we sing, we sing. sing, we sing. Praise God. Those of you can and will, please stand on your feet. Our preacher has reminded us of the power of praise. A dead praise is dead. God been too good to us for us to praise him as if he hadn't done anything. And he reminded us of the power of the resurrection and all that Jesus did. He took the charge and he raced it. There's a uh, group in Chicago, the O'Neill Twins, they penned a song a long time ago, and the Elder Taylor and I talk about it, and the title of the song was Jesus Dropped the Charges. Prof. Green reminded me of that song. Then he reminded me that even though he dropped the charges, we still go back and dig them up. Somebody here today, you can't forgive yourself. God has forgiven you, but you're struggling with yourself. God has taken care of things for you, but you won't let it go. And it's holding you back from a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's holding you back from being free from what you've done. It's holding you. That's what the devil is doing, holding you. But God and Jesus Christ paid it all so you don't have to be held down anymore. And so today, if you're here, you've heard this word, and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, today is a good day. You're free. Release yourself and come to Jesus just as you are. Bring the weight with you. Bring the load with you. Bring it to the cross. And at the cross, you'll see the light. So we extend to you right now an opportunity to come just as you are.
as the choir sings, we welcome you to come to Christ. Amen, 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 amen. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? saved but life happened to you and you found yourself not coming to church you found yourself not being among God's people you've been backsliding is what the old folks say well we give you a chance today to no longer a need to backslide you can come on because God is waiting for you even in your backsliding he was with you and he's waiting for you now to come and get right you got a chance today to come just as you are, to get right. Tomorrow is not promised to us. Don't keep saying I'm away for Big Mama to be with me. No, you come on now. Because wherever Big Mama is, she's cheering for you to come. Come now. If you've been visiting with us, and you're trying to decide if this is the home you want, church home you want to be in, well, we, we pray that there's a positive decision because we've been waiting on you to make that decision. And when you make that decision to join us, we're going to love on you. We're going to hug you. We're going to cry with you. We're going to celebrate with you. We're going to do what God does for us. He loves us just as we are. So if you've been struggling and trying to make a decision, we pray right now that you decide today to come and be a part of this church family. So those two invitations, if you need to get right, come on and get right. If you need that right church home, here it is right here. God is speaking to you, and we welcome you to come now as the choir sings. sisters that have come. Stretch your hands out, please. God, we come right now in the name of Jesus to pray for our sisters, Lord. We're glad that they came, but we're more glad that they came to you. And so we ask that you bless them and meet their needs where they are. We don't know all, Lord, but you do. And we pray that 
you meet their needs according to your will. Then, Lord, I pray that whatever we need to do to love on them and to help them to grow in the relationship with you, Lord, that you show it to us day by day and bless their lives abundantly. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. One more, amen. Young brother, amen. 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 Right here. All right, uh, if you can hold the doors, we're going to pray for this young man. 19 years old, we need to pray for him. God, we come right now for our young brother. He has boldly come to the cross. So, Lord, we pray right now that you boldly bless his life. Protect him, Lord, as only you can. Keep him from the evils of this world, Lord, and, and show him your goodness in a very real way. Uh, bless his decision right now, Lord, and, and I lift him up to you right now that you meet him right where he is and give him what he needs. Lord, because you're the only one that can do it. Lord, we thank you that he fought through the devil and he showed up. Because he showed up, Lord, we know you're going to show out. And we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your goodness. Now bless him, Lord, in a mighty, mighty way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. had to go to some funerals where some 19-year-olds didn't make it. When one comes, that's a celebration. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, church, it's offering time. We ask that you give as God has blessed you, and as you prepare your offering, Master Control, we're in your hands. The Sisters of Hope Women's Ministry invite you to celebrate and serve our mothers in a special way at our Mother's Day brunch on May 11th in The View on the Bayou from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. For more information, please contact Monique Leonard at 612 612- 226-8726 or via email at ghmbc.sistersofhope at gmail.com.
Our nation pauses in observance of the 67th annual National Day of Prayer. On this day, we have an opportunity to emphasize the importance of prayer as a testimony to who God is in America. Join the Good Hope family at one of our two celebration services, Thursday, May 2nd at 12 noon in the sanctuary and a special evening service at 6 p.m. in Riverside Park behind our campus. For more information, please contact Reverend Mark Sloan at msloe at goodhope.org. Hoops for Hope is looking for volunteers. We need coaches, assistant coaches, someone to work the books, work the clock, security, someone to take photos and video, and also practice assistants. If you are interested in volunteering, come see us at the Hoops for Hope table located on the first floor of the Center for Hope right next to the Fellowship Hall. Or contact Reverend Justin Pouncil at J-P-O-U-N-C-I-L at goodhope.org. The Hope for Family Scholarship Program endeavors to provide financial scholarships, spiritual mentoring, and coaching for individuals who are pursuing a secondary education at a college or trade school. Join us for our annual golf tournament, Saturday, May 4th, at Herman Park Golf Course. Let's make a difference in the lives of our students today. Help us reach our 2019 goal of 20 scholarships. Our servant leaders are standing by right now in the Center for Hope lobby. Thank you in advance, and God bless. Don't forget, CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week. And remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. Amen. Govern yourselves accordingly. We'll now continue worship and giving. Give as the Lord has blessed you. God loves a cheerful giver. And when you give, give gladly. The old song says you can't beat him giving. The more you give to him, the more he gives to you. Just keep on giving. Because the word is true. Amen. this morning so we want to take time and bless the preacher so we're going to uh, pass the baskets again and this time it's for you to show your love for the preacher dr green 
and show him some love and uh, you can drop some money in the bucket for him or give him a donation via push pay and uh, Giblify. But right now we want to take time to bless him in a mighty way. All right, deacons, let us continue. This is a blessing for the preacher of the hour. Blesses him and his family. And all these things, Lord, we know that you are good. You've done great things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me share a couple more things with you. The Upward Soccer League finished their first season yesterday. Amen. And we want to give a special thanks to the lead servant, Deacon Mark Gray, all of the coaches, all of the players. There we go. We got some pictures there for you. All right, all of the players, parents, for a job well done. All right, and this is uh, this effort yesterday that finished up is the reason that there were three new souls that came to the kingdom. So we praise God for a wonderful soccer league season, and we'll do it again next year. We did all of this across the street, so the Lord is blessing us in a mighty, mighty way. All right, okay. Uh, we did our community empowerment this weekend. Friday night, we boxed up, and Saturday, we uh, were able to give food to the community. 177 boxes of food were given away. We potentially served over 400 people in this community. Amen. We thanked the volunteers. We had 43 that showed up Friday and Saturday, and on Saturday, we had 41 uh, girls from, it's called the Jewels from the Lockhart Elementary School. They helped serve on yesterday as well. And they were all over the building, opening doors, smiling, and just doing a wonderful job. We had eight ladies that uh, were able to take a mammogram, and we had seven vendors. Also today, we have visiting with us one of our partners in the community empowerment, Bishop Adam. Would you stand, Bishop, and just wave? He's one of our partner partners with us in the community empowerment, the Word of God Church, amen. We want to remind you tomorrow night, 
is the George G.T. Thomas Scholarship Jazz Concert, uh, beginning at 7 o'clock here at the church. And then we have midweek Bible study Wednesday at 12 o'clock and 7 o'clock. Also, on Thursday is the National Day of Prayer, so we ask that you join us either at 12 or 6 o'clock at the Riverside Park. And for Mother's Day, the singing men of hope will be singing. All right. Now, brother, now brothers, we know y'all can sing, but y'all need to come and practice. Amen. So that will be Tuesday, May 7th, and Thursday, May 9th. Is that right, Elder? Yes, sir. All right. Tuesday, May 7th, and Thursday, May 9th, at 7 o'clock. You meet Elder Taylor and all of the rest of the brothers, and we're going to look forward to hearing you on Mother's Day. All right. Okay, Pastor's Anniversary Committee meeting is this Thursday at 7 o'clock. If you're interested in being a part of that celebration, we will be celebrating this year his 25th anniversary. So we want to make it a special uh, anniversary for him. So uh, we're looking forward to anybody that wants to help us to make that happen. All right. I ask that you continue to pray for our sick and shut-in members and our bereaved families. And uh, we have lost a member of our church family on uh, this past Friday, uh, Brother Cedric Mouton passed away. The Lord called him home. He is the husband of uh, our member, Rhonda Mouton. So many of you may know Rhonda, but uh, we ask that you continue to keep her in prayer. Uh, we will make an announcement as to when the service will be held. So uh, continue to lift her up and uh, pray for her. Amen. All right. And then we had several other families this past week that we had funeral services for. So keep them in your prayers. All right. I think that covers everything I needed to cover. It's time now to recognize our guest. So today, if you're with us for the very first time, would you please stand? If it's your first visit with us, would you please stand? Amen, amen. Remain standing. All right. Amen. Remain standing. If it's your second visit, please stand. Or your third visit, please stand. We're so glad that you came to worship with us and to fellowship with us. We hope and we pray that you have been blessed by the singing, by the preaching, by the warm handshake or a warm smile. We thank God that you decided to worship with us. Now, because you're here, we have a special reception just for you. I'm going to ask that you gather your things, and if someone invited you, they can go with you. And Father, this young, these young ladies here are a part of our guest relations ministry, and they're going to take you to the area for the reception. We have a special gift for you, and we're going to share some information about the Good Hope Church. God bless you. Thank you again for coming. Amen. You're welcome to come back anytime and all the time. Amen. Show some love, church. They hung out with us today. Amen. All right. second to make their way out to the reception. Let's thank God again for Dr. Green and that message. Sing, sing, sing. Amen. All right. If everybody's good, let's stand and receive the benediction. Touch your shoulder, grab a hand, show some love. You've been sitting to him, sitting next to him. 
He ain't spoke, gone on the speed. Amen. Amen. All right. God, we come right now to thank you for uh, this word that reminds us to praise you. Your word that reminds us that our praise is worth something because you are worthy of our praise. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he got up with all power in his hands. We thank you that he took the burden of our sins and washed them away. Now, Lord, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice that you bless them this week as they rise up early, Lord, and settle late. Bless them as they go out and as they come in. Bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we come together again in the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, hug somebody on your way out. Show them some love.